Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I would recognize that it's okay to ask for help. You know, part of that shame is like you're, you get so good at trying to cover it that there is help available to you that you don't even take because just the idea of having the conversation um, is so humiliating for you, right? And weighs so heavy on you. But the truth is, if you really Rolodex um, in your mind, the people that you have in your life, uh, you will recognize and understand that there are people out there who genuinely want to be of aid to you. You just have to let them know where you are. And that doesn't mean that you put yourself in a position where you become fodder for gossip, but it also does mean there are safe spaces, um, organizations, and people in your life who are willing to help you. And it's okay because so many people have been there. You will be amazed that when you actually see that, seek out that help, how many people who are able to help you that will also tell you their testimony of when they went through something similar. You are listening to the Dope Black Moms Podcast. I'm delighted to be joined by writer, director, and political activist, Kimberly Jones. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> I'm just, yeah, I'm delighted to have you here. And you are the author of How We Can Win, Race, History and Changing the Money Game That's Rigged. I found this book heartbreaking, infuriating. I found it hopeful. I found it inspiring. I found it all of those things at the same time. And I was just saying to you earlier, I think it's going to be something that I'd come back to. Um, I think keep on coming keep on kind of touching in with it. I, I found it an amazing read, just very, very painful. Found it very painful. It is. But, but things we need to talk about. Yeah, it's funny. Recently, someone sent me a message and they were just like, I'm really enjoying the book. And I was just like, oh my God, I'm so glad. You, I'm, like, I'm, I'm like, I'm so glad you're enjoying it. And then I said, but it feels really weird to say that. <laughs> yes, yeah, 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 totally. I understand like I may be engaged or um, it's like, uh, evoking fire, but enjoying, you know, it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not easy, yeah. but, but it's good. Mm -hmm. It's everything we should be thinking about and talking about and, and challenging. It's just really painful. Yeah. It's really painful. Yeah. So can you tell me a bit about your journey with the money game? You know, it's funny because I grew up in a working class family and we were even though we had, you know, I grew up in a two-parent home, working class family, the community that, the little safe cove that I lived in was surrounded by crime and gang violence and the, the crack epidemic of the 80s and the 90s. And so I didn't go unscathed by that. Um, but I lived in deeper poverty as an adult once I became a mother. And so right. that, that was something that was very hard for me to grapple with. It was even very difficult for me to write about it um, and to be as transparent about it as I was in the book. But what I wanted to showcase to people is that, you know, I, I, I think myself an intelligent woman and someone who is educated and has ambitions and goals. And it's like, despite that, 
because of the caste system, if you will, that I was grown in, that I was born into, and the fact that we have continued in this country, in the Americas, to increase the cost of things, but not increase the wages of working people, I found myself caught up in that tornado of not being able, having a very difficult time um, supporting myself and my son. And so I thought it was important to share that with people to take some of the shame out of it. Totally. And I, and I, I thank you for saying that. And I'm obviously all about being an advocate for mums. Is there anything in those moments that someone could have said to you, you know, the, the, the real deep sludge of shame, the just the weight of it? Is there anything that anybody could have said to you? Or is there anything that you can say to any mum listening right now who may be in that space? Yeah, the first thing that I would say, if I had to do it all over again, I would recognize that it's okay to ask for help. You know, mm-hmm. part of that shame is like you you get so good at trying to cover it that there is help available to you that you don't even take because just the idea of having the conversation um, is so humiliating for you, right, and weighs so heavy on you. But the truth is, if you really Rolodex um, in your mind the people that you have in your life, uh, you will recognize and understand that there are people out there who genuinely want to be of aid to you. You just have to let them know where you are. And that doesn't mean that you put yourself in a position where you become fodder for gossip, but it also does mean there are safe spaces, um, organizations, and people in your life who are willing to help you. And it's okay because so many people have been there. You will be amazed that when you actually see that, seek out that help, how many people who are able to help you that will also tell you their testimony of when they went through something similar. I, I totally agree. I think I think two things. What, whatever stage you're at, whatever, um, whatever, I don't know, level of comfortableness you may feel, everybody is a few steps away from something Mm -hmm. everybody is it it, it, it's not that far removed from any of us exactly so i think it's really important to talk about everything that we fear Mm -hmm. i also think that i would imagine our aim as parents and as mothers is to to provide a space for our children to do that yes so if we go and sit there and say, this is shameful, I can't afford this, I'm living paycheck to paycheck, I'm embarrassed, I'm you know, holding all of this this weight on your own and not ask, we are, well, I, w- I would hope that we are sitting here asking our children to ask for help. We're, we're sitting there asking them to do it, but not doing it ourselves. And I, I think... I think, I hope that's changing now. It feels like it's changing. Yeah, I think people are realizing how impactful it is on our mental health, right? And and Mm -hmm. not only our mental health, but our physical health. Like it it has physical manifestations um, when you carry this level of stress. Uh, You know, it... it, um, you know, we don't have to name how many, you know, uh, research projects has shown that, you know, heavy amounts of stress affects your heart and your weight and your blood circulation. Oh, absolutely. It seeps out everywhere and obviously your children pick up on this energy exactly and 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 it and it's us um it's us modeling how we handle stress to our children how we handle conflict how we handle well passion fear everything how how we handle it they're picking all of that up and and forming their own ways of how they're gonna 
decide how they handle stress, you know, exactly. subconsciously. And so moms are under the impression, right, that we have to be superheroes and that we mm. have to showcase this massive strength all the time and that we have to consistently be wearing this superhero cape in order to be a good mom. And like part of what we would what helps us to be good moms is modeling for kids, like you said, how to manage our stress and to showcase to them that sometimes trials and tribulations will show up, but it's not what's happening to you that matters. It's how you respond to it um, that matters. So showcasing emotional maturity by handling with situations instead of covering them and living in shame and sweeping them under the rug and hoping they'll go away or hiding the truth from their from our kids, although we think we're doing them a service by doing that we're actually doing them a disservice because yeah, we're not yeah. preparing them for when they are in adulthood and life gets hard on how to manage it yeah and it will it inevitably will get hard yeah so i agree so take us back you you were talking about the money game and talking about the shame and guilt you were feeling um as a mother and what was the what was the 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 pivotal point for you? I think the pivotal point for me is when my son got a little bit older and could express himself better when he got around the age of about 10. And I realized that what he needed and wanted for me had nothing to do with these financial woes that oh. I was concerned with. Yeah. yeah that like, Isn't that, I mean, that's a game changer, that moment right there when you sat and realized that. Yeah. And you're sitting there breaking your back trying to afford, you know, the latest Xbox or whatever. Mm -hmm. And he's saying, Mom, I just need, what, what was he saying to you? What did you realize? He was like, I just want to hang out with you. Oh, I just like you. it. He said to me one day, we, um, I have like two days off in a row um, at work and, and it was two days that he was out of school and we just like, we made breakfast together and we watched shows together and we played board games and fell asleep together both nights reading stories. And he looked up at me that second night and said, mom, this is, I wish we could do this every day. This is oh. what I want to do with you every day. And I realized oh. all this stuff that I'm thinking about, and this child doesn't care about that at all. All he cares about is my love, attention, and affection. Nice. And so what changes did you make from from that day? From, that moment? from that day forward, that's when I realized that it was time for me to pursue my goals, the goal, the real goals that I had, because I had been breaking my back, doing things that I didn't really care about because they mm -hmm. were going to, you know, help us be in right. Pay for X. Yeah, they're going to pay for X and put us in a better financial position. <clears throat> and I had kind of put down my dreams as a writer and as a community organizer um, because I didn't see a financial pathway through that. You know what I mean? And so I found a way to balance by, you know, just working, um, you know, just working towards my goals and working part-time jobs that then gave me the freedom to show up at his soccer games and you know, yes. be there for him and tuck him in at night. And then, nice. and then, and then be relaxed enough to sit down and write and work on a manuscript. And yes, money was a little tighter, but like he and I were both happier. That is something money obviously can't buy. Cannot buy. As a mum to mum, how, um, how, what sort of conversation were you having with your son during this time when you're changing maybe career or, 
you know, when things when things are changing. That that is also the time when I realized that like keeping secrets from him, and obviously I'm not saying that you bog your children down with adult issues because there is a balance, mm-hmm. right? You don't do that as mm-hmm. well. But just having like a little bit more transparent conversations with him and saying things like, Hey, mommy's gonna start doing this now and it's gonna allow me to write and spend more time with you. What do you think about that? And he's like, That sounds cool, mom, and that sounds yeah. smart and 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 you know now he's uh, about to be sixteen, shortly, and so I'm hearing the reflection of that in my conversations with him now because as he's preparing to talk to think about college and his own future, he's weighing in a balanced way what it is that he wants to do. He's like, yeah, I know I want to be able to take care of myself, but this is also my passion. So I'm researching jobs that'll allow me to do what it is that I love to do and also be able to earn a decent living. And it's like, oh man, seeing that reflected back now means the world to me. Yes. And and well done. And, and I hope you can take a moment just to celebrate that because it's not easy. It's hard in those moments to take a step back, especially with all the things we were talking about earlier of the guilt and the shame and the weight of all of that. Yeah. For you in that moment to take a step back and maybe earn less, um, but know it's the right move Overall, yeah, I think that's quite brave. I, th- I think that's really difficult to do to to know that you may have less, you know, in the immediate um, short term, but that obviously it's the healthier goal overall. Yeah, when sometimes maybe you just wanna, you know, I don't know, yeah, spend, spend, spend without thinking about it, not have to, you know, just be so. Uh, for it, for the stakes not to be so high, for the pressure not to be so high. Yeah, and the and the great thing about it was in doing that, I created a life where money is not an issue for me anymore. That I don't yeah. have to think, you know, money is not a pressure point for me in the way in, that it used to be because I did pursue my goals, and now I'm on, you know, I'm on my mm-hmm. my third book. Um, I also have a short. Thank you. I have a short mm-hmm. story in an anthology. I have all of these op-eds and magazines and things like that. And so it's like, now I earn the kind of living, um, not like I'm, you know, filthy rich or anything, but I also money is, yeah. not, money is not a pressure point for me and the way in which it used to be. And I'm, I'm more financially stable now than I've ever been in my entire mm-hmm. life. But the root of that is making the decision um, to pursue my real passions. And, and so now I'm living in the fruit of that. Yes. And do you think you could have done that any earlier? I basically, I'm just, I'm just saying I do, I, I think it's amazing how you're talking about this and sharing it. And I don't want anybody to listen to this and think it's easy. No. You know, it's hard to do yeah. what you've done. Yeah, it's very um, hard to do. And it took a lot of time, right? So it was not... That's it. Yeah, yeah it did, you know, my, my, my first book, I'm Not Dying With You Tonight, my co-author, Geely, and I, who is also another, you know, single mom, she and I started working on that book in... Uh, who Geely and I started working on that book in 2016, we started working on that book at 26 in 2016 no 2015 we started working on that book at 2015 and now we here here we are in 2022 and the real fruit of all of my work didn't really start to show itself until 2020 so you're talking about a 5 year period before it reached a level of impact you know what i mean mm-hmm. and i i think it's interesting because i also did it later in life like i'm you know i'm 40 i'm 45 nearly 46 years old and so you're talking about in 2015 when i was 39 
um, yeah. at a time when most people would have told, especially a woman, that it was over for me. Yes. That I was about to be 40, that it was over for me, that changing yes. my life was something that was not realistic, that I had, you know, I had missed the, mo the moment of when I could have a successful career as a writer. And it's like, I hope I'm very also very open about that, about my age, because I want women to know that, like, at whatever moment you decide to make a change to in pursuit of your goals, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter mm. if you're 20 or if you're 40 or if you're 70. It doesn't matter. And so, you know, I also had to combat that narrative in my own head, right? Like you're, you're you know, you're almost 40 years old. Now you want to do this kind of thing, you know? And it, and, but it is embedded, isn't it? That number 40, yeah. I'm 40 this year. And it is embedded that like for some reason life is over, yeah. which is not, it's, it's really not. But I think growing up, it's kind of, it, it, it feels like that story has been, um, banded around that you know you better settle down and have everything sorted by 40 because life's over exactly and i'm like it's so not if there's <laughs> tell young women it's like just know that this amazing ride that you're on with each decade it's different but it's just as good and in some ways it gets better as you get older because you become more self-aware you become more self-assured um, you are you are more protective of your time and your energy, and you have had some lived experiences that make you more conscious of your surroundings. So in some way, I feel like at 40 was when my life began in a way, uh, because th that's when I was my most authentic self. That's amazing. That's amazing. I'm so happy for you. So going back to the book, you give some really great practical steps on how to create a better future for ourselves, for our children, for our children's children. Mm -hmm. Anything that you can share now um, that you would advise that we could do today. Some people get like bogged down in the planning and the, and it may feel, I don't know, big. It may feel like a mountain. Yeah. But are there any practical changes that we could just do right now, the small changes that could lead to the big changes. Yeah, I think also if you think of it in small chunks, because anytime there's, you know, this big overwhelming thing that you have to deal with and you have to face, it's going to feel too heavy. You know what I mean? And so yes. I just think uh, thinking of things in small, very small chunks is the best way to do it. And that's why there's a section of the book. I, um, I, there's a chapter called the nine priorities for a balanced life. And what I put in there was like nine areas of our life that kind of impact all of us. And those nine areas are career, home, transportation, relationships, finances, health and beauty, hobby, and education. And so what I do when I'm feeling unbalanced is I'll sit down and I'll write out those nine priorities and I'll put in each section where I am at the moment and seeing it on paper allows for me to see where, where the balance is off. Because I'll look at it and I'll say, oh, um, my hobby is trap. You know, my personal hobby is collecting, um, collecting things and traveling. And I'll look and I'll say, okay, I have a trip planned. So I do have some travel plan coming up. Oh, but I haven't like been to an auction or 
Um, you know, I haven't been to an estate sale or anything to look and see if there are any collectibles. I'm going to get that on my calendar this weekend because that's also relaxing and fun for me and will help take off some of this anxiety. And then I'll look at, you know, maybe help and say, oh, my God, I'm, I'm behind on all of these doctor's appointments. I haven't had a checkup in over a year. I should make that appointment. And then I'll see maybe in community I have eight projects and realize that I'm too heavy there and look at them and assess them and say, okay, out of these eight projects, are there at least two that I can maybe wrap out that just require me to do a few more steps before they're closed? And if it is, let me go ahead and wrap those out so I can take some of, so this section isn't so heavy and so, you know, weighing me down. So like a life audit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. And, it, and it's just looking at it in really little small pieces so you don't feel overwhelmed and say, oh my God, I have all this stuff that I have to do. It's like, no, this, I'm looking at this. I'm off balance in three areas. I'm not even going to tackle all three areas right now. I'm just going to tackle this one area. And when I get that one done, then I'll tackle the next. And when I get that one done, then I'll tackle the next. And then I'll do this list again. And then I can see, you know, if I, you know, look at it and see what's going on. And chances are really high at that point, I'm going to be feeling a lot more balanced. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Okay. And how often are you doing that whole process? Um, I, I do that at least a few times a month, actually. Do you? Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah, I do okay. it a few times a month just because, um, and you know, when I have months where I'm feeling good the whole month and I kind of have things together a little bit and so I don't have to. And then I have months where I'm doing it twice a week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it just depends on, you know, what's going on. But yeah, it's just a way I've always found, I've always found for me personally that writing things down and seeing them on paper make them very clear for me. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. You also said earlier that your son is turning 16. Yes. Right, so has any advice you can give to mothers of teenagers <laughs> just talking about the money game? Yeah. Just anything that, have you noticed your approaches changing as your son's got older yeah my approach is definitely changing as my son got over and we had the benefit of one of the schools that he attended they had like a little mini banking system um in the school when he was in elementary school and that's brilliant yeah it was like one of the smartest things um that the school did and so 
I, I realized that talking to kids about money younger is something that we are, we should do. We wait till they're in like high school or college to start having mm. these conversations with them, but getting them to understand money, money management is something that can be done as young as like eight or nine, truthfully. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. And so it's like, and what sort of language are you using for an eight and nine year old? Well, the one thing is you can just start with helping them to manage their own bank account, getting them a mm-hmm. kid count and allowing them when they have um, like say for example, they, they have a birthday and they've gotten, you know, they've gotten money from their grandparents or an aunt or, you know, next door neighbor to sit down and look at that money and say, okay, you've collected $150, um, you know, for your, for your birthday, how much of this money would you like to deposit in your savings? How much, Very nice. Yeah. How much of this money would you like to spend on something fun? And how much of this money do you want to use on something practical? And let's think about the best way to manage your funds right now and really have a conversation with them and do it and say, okay, you want to put $50 in your savings. You want to have $50 just in your pocket for fun. And you've been wanting a new um, a new bedroom you know, a blanket or whatever for your room, a more practical thing. Okay, we're going to spend some of this money and go and let you pick out and buy, you know, purchase for your room, this thing that you want to purchase for your room. And now you still have money to spend on frivolous things, something fun, but you also put some money in your savings. So just having even like basic conversations with them like that at a younger age helps them to realize that money is not something that you just get and spend that it has to be managed because if you don't manage your money, my, 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 my grandmother's an old Southern woman. And she used to say, um, if you don't see about your money, it won't see about itself. Very nice. Very true. Yeah. And so, Very true. and so that's a way to instill that. So by the time they get to my son's age, you can have more complex conversations about money management. My, like my son right now is into NFTs and making it, you know, making NFTs, making money that way. And so, and it's because he understands that money has to be consistently managed. Yes. But he's had that learning from you, Mm -hmm. like you said, from young. So any advice for mothers talking to children who were just getting in, like, you know, just understood the money game and and that it is a game. Any advice on kind of early conversations that maybe we could have with older children? Well, I think one of the things that can be done is to like utilize all the the, the high information um, a world that we live in right now. Right there are there are financial experts on YouTube and places like that that have created full programs and videos that are centered around how to communicate with your teenager about money and finances. And so it's like, if it's something that you're even still figuring out, that's okay because you can go um, and get some information from some experts and say, okay, let's sit down. Kids love YouTube, right? That's all they watch all day is YouTube. Yeah. Sit down and watch a YouTube video that's geared towards kids and finances with your kid and then have a conversation with them about it afterwards. That's nice. And what I love about the book is it it touches on a lot of areas, but it also touches on self-care. I think that's quite central. Mm-hmm. And now that you're in your 40s, um, any lessons that you'd like to share? Anything that took you, I don't know, maybe lessons that took you the longest to learn? 
regarding self-care? Yeah, I think there's I think there's uh, one lesson and two skills that I would be happy to pass on. The lesson that I learned about self-care is that I don't have to feel bad about it. Like, yeah, yeah I don't have to feel Yeah, bad that goes back to the guilt again, doesn't yeah. it? Just taking time for yourself. Don't moms carry so much guilt? <laughs> Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, we do. We we really do. I think it's I think it's a continuous weight, isn't it? it is. And you're never gonna be it's never gonna go away. There's gonna be times where you're at work where you should be at the school play, there's gonna be times where you're at the school play and you should be at work. Like it's gonna be constant yep. for the rest of your life. No, it's very, very and we have to find ways to work with it. You definitely do. And it's like, yeah, so it's like that's the first thing I would say is take the guilt away. If you need twenty minutes in, you know, to yourself and just tell the kids that they have to fend for if they're old enough and you can tell them, hey, for, for 20 minutes, mommy needs to fend for herself and go in your room and do if you do nothing but lay down and take a nap, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you shouldn't feel guilty about that. Because the thing about it is you want to give your best version of yourself to your kids and they're not mm-hmm. going to get the best version of you if you are overstressed. They're just not. And if you've got. Have you got better at doing this? Yes, because I find when I take care of myself, then there's less less times when I'm short with him or yeah. irritated over things that don't really require irritation. And that yeah. again, I'm also teaching him the emotional maturity of, you know, it's not fair to go around in the world projecting your own issues onto other people and forcing them to have to grapple with whatever issues you're dealing with for the day. So it's like, it's, I mean, the most revolutionary thing any of us can do is self-improvement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I, and so the two things that I would say, again, I try to keep things really simple because the world is so overwhelming and people give us all these like complex ideas and have this complex ideology and it just feels so overwhelming and it shuts us down, right? Because we're like, I can't manage all of that. So I'm just gonna do nothing. I tell moms all the time, the best thing that you can do is just remember at least like once or twice a month, sit down, don't get in the shower and sit down and take a hot bath Mm. and treat yourself to all the trinkets you need for that hot bath, whether it's lavender or balm or bubbles or candles or whatever it is that is going to make that nice hot bath nice for you put a little music in there, whatever, whatever you enjoy. Absolutely. I've started putting, um, putting a hair mask on yes. or a face mask on, even if it's a, a do it your own, like some mayonnaise and some honey and mm. oils and all that sort of stuff. Like yeah. anything you've got in the house, yeah. whack it on. <laughs> yeah. 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 It can just be so difficult. And I know we say this easily and I, I think it's an amazing lesson that you've learned. I think, what it is, is you think, right, brilliant. The kids are sorted. I'm going to take that bath. Mm-hmm. You walk up the stairs. For me, and I see the dirt there. I see that hasn't been done there. Mm-hmm. You start thinking about the dinner for the, and blah, 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 blah. And then the bath's completely forgotten. You find, like, I find myself vacuuming or something. Mm-hmm. And you just, like, that time now is gone. And then everyone is unsettled. And then you're drawn back into... The chaos. <laughs> to, yes, to the chaos, to the joyful stress, I like to call it. <laughs> And, um, and you know, that bath is forgotten. Yeah. And it's so easy for me to say this to my children. I can see when they need a break. Yeah. And I can see where they need to change scenery. But for myself, it's so easy just to put yourself last. Yeah, it's so easy to put yourself last. And it's like, it's like 
I get that that's part of the mom gig and we're going to do it even though we don't mm-hmm. mean to do it. But And that's why it doesn't have to be frequently, you know? That's why it could be just once yeah. a month, but it's like just once a month, just take that time. And again, this is a moment when I'm saying we have to start. We used to be such a village-oriented, you know, the human race yes. used to be so village-oriented. Um, especially Black people, we used to be so village oriented and we've lost some of that and so i think that's part of what we're going to have to start doing is one by one a little at a time bringing that back because it's like it's so difficult to take that bath when like you said you're seeing the laundry and the this and the that and the, yeah. the balls need to be put up and all this stuff and it's like so that's when you need to call in reinforcement that's when you call in your mom or a neighbor or a dear friend who's probably been saying to you, if you need anything, let me know. And you've been turning down these free services. It's like, let them come get the kids and take the kids for ice cream. And you yeah. You've almost got to build it in, haven't you? Like you said, I think we can try and commit to at least once a month. It feels like you've got to put it in your diary like it's a meeting, and, and you, too. you know, like it's immovable and it has to stay there and you have to commit to it. It has to. And it, it, you would treat it the same way you would treat a date. You're going on a date with yourself. So it's like, yes. it's like if you were going on a date, you would find a sitter. Um, you would clean the house the day before so that that's not a stress <laughs> point for you. And it's like you need to date yourself once a month. So like, OK, do a thorough cleaning the day before so that chaos isn't even everywhere. Schedule the babysitter or the the auntie to come in and and collect the children or come deal with them. And then that time, 7 to 9 p.m., that's your bath, your snack, your 30 minutes of your favorite show and, and move on. <laughs> yeah. And you will. The times that I have done that, I used to do, I used to get this feeling you're talking about from running. I used to go on a run by myself, especially when you get to a good like half an hour or 40 minutes, like a longer run to an hour where you can zone out and you can, you kind of drift off. I'd come back and I intrinsically know I'm a better person. Yeah. I know I'm a better mother. Yeah. I can feel it in everything that I'm doing and all my interactions. I, I know what you're saying is the truth. It's just doing it and committing to it. And, and then keeping on doing it. And then it does get easier. But I get into a good rhythm and then something happens. I'm ill, children are ill, something happens. It gets you out of that rhythm and it's getting back into it that I find difficult. Yeah, it is. And it's like, and that is why you do have to, you have to write it down. You have to write it down and make it happen. Mm. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Yeah, you have to so, write it down and make it happen. Earlier, I know we keep on talking about <laughs> guilt I just think it's such a big thing that comes up all the time and it's so hard for us to let it go Mm -hmm. I just wanted to to hear anything that you want to say to mothers who are just you know those moments where you're just in the sludge you're in the thick of it and you just can't see a way out especially with money fears and money worries and that can feel like a mountain Mm -hmm. it can feel never-ending it can almost feel luxurious the things we're talking about mm-hmm. um you know your son being able to think about have these amazing conversations about money it can just be like well i'm living paycheck to paycheck mm-hmm. like this sounds like a whole nother world you're talking about different people this is not my life yeah this feels luxurious this is not for me this is not possible for my family what can we say to those women what we what we can say to those women is there is a version of this that exists for everyone. 
-hmm. and that um, all of us, all of us deserve to be cared for and tended to at a moment of break. And even though there are, there are definitely women who their road um, is heavier and I have been there, it's like you still deserve. I remember I was watching this um, this TV program and they, they um, I think it's called like, what would you do? And they, they set these scenarios, um, these like really de- difficult scenarios up and they see how regular everyday people respond to people if we really are capable of showcasing the kindness that we claim that we can showcase. And I remember there was an episode where there it was an actress, but um, no one knew that. And she was sitting there with her two kids and the kids were complaining that they had to share a meal. Um, and she was saying, well, this is a treat that we're even out um, so you guys can share a meal. And so she got up, um, the kids got up and went to the restroom. And on this episode, uh, another mom who was sitting across from her came over and said, I will buy extra things for your meal, not knowing it was an actress and there's cameras and it's set up. And she's like, I will buy this and do all of that. And so afterwards they, they interview the woman who offered to buy the meal and they asked her why. And she said, because I've been there as a Mm -hmm. single mom and I just, I know that feeling and I know the weight of that and I just wanted to help. And so this is why I circle back to it. It can be, a very small thing as in making a special dinner for your family and you guys also enjoying it. But it also goes back to not allowing shame to not allow you to reach out to services that can help you. Because Mm -hmm. there are organizations, whether they are governmental or private, that are there to help people, not with the handout, but with the hand up. But because Mm -hmm. of the shame that we carry, I know for myself, because of the shame, um, that we carry, we often don't want to participate in those programs, right? Because those programs are for people who are lesser than how we view ourselves or imagine ourselves. But the truth of the matter is, if it's going to get you on the other side of the mountain, let it be your testimony, not your terror. Nice. Nice. Yeah. And it can be that easy, as in, the road's not easy, yeah. but if you start to open up to that way of thinking, yeah. it can be that easy. Yeah. So what's next for you? What's coming up? Well, um, a few things. <laughs> I'm <laughs> continual, I'm, you know, happily continuing on my journey to pr- promote the book, How We Can Win, because I want as many p- people as possible in the world Um, to get access to it. But I am also writing my mom's biography right now, which is very, very excited about. Um, My mom passed in 2021. Sorry to Thank you. But um, she knew that I was writing a book about her. So I have this amazing recording of her starting to tell me um, her life that I'm using to write a more fictionalized version um, of her life story. And so I'm working on that. I'm working on my mom. Um, and then through, um, my organization, um, the people's uprising, we are working on a program here in the city of Atlanta called program root. And we realized that there was a, um, there was, there was a crime issue. And then there was research that was done that was saying that most of the crime was being committed 
by kids between the ages of 13, 60%, 60% of crime, um, you know, vandalism, car theft, things like that were being committed by kids between the ages of 13 and 24. And so we created a program that we figured by serving at-risk um, Atlantans between the ages of 16 and 24, we can address generational poverty, um, systemic racism, and the, the community's concern about crime. And so we are working um, with the mayor and the city council right now to initiate that program. So we're looking to launch it this summer. I'm so excited about it. Can I ask, with you writing your book about your mom, have you learned mm -hmm. anything that you didn't know about her? Has it, has it brought you closer? Yeah, it definitely has brought us closer. First of all, I learned that my mother used to be a Playboy waitress. <laughs> How did that not come up before? Yeah, I'm like, keeping that close under your hat, Bailey. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so that was like one of her first jobs and she didn't like it. Um, and she didn't stay there very long. And it actually led her um, to her job, which is the job that the book is kind of centered around, which is when she got into programming um, and programmed robots that delivered the mail in the Sears Tower in Chicago. Um, but she went to that job from leaving uh, being a playboy. And so it's funny because listening to her tell her story and because she was able to record it and I think didn't have to look at me um, while she's recording the story allowed her to be more open and it really humanized wow. her for her her for me that, that's um, because, such an amazing moment that you have that you know that's so special yeah that, that, you, that you have that you have that that solidified that recording yeah. it's brilliant yeah yeah it's like it's, it humanized her and so it's like it's amazing because we do again we view our mothers as being like these perfect flawless humans and we forget that they were young and they made mistakes and absolutely yeah that's good um, I, I'd love to come. I'd love you to come back and hear about that story because I bet hearing everything your mom got up to, you know, would be yeah. brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, well, yeah, it, it is. It's, it's been a fun ride listening to it. <laughs> I bet. So, how we can win race history and changing the money game that's rigged is out now. So available in all good bookstores for everyone. Please go and get the book. It. Um, like I said, it, for me, it was heartbreaking, infuriating, hopeful, inspiring, all at the same time. I think it's one of those books that you can keep on coming back to and will get something different every time, especially get something different as you are at different stages in your life and, and maybe different stages of your mothering as well. Mm -hmm. And yeah, yeah, just thank you so much for coming on and sharing and thank you for writing the book. Oh, no, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. This was so much fun. Dope. Flat. Moms. If you'd like to join the Dope Black Mums private Facebook group, please search Dope Black Mums on Facebook. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. Please follow on all socials at Dope Black Mums. Thanks so much for listening. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 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 Mm